When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Too Much Movie, a podcast that discusses movies mainly from the 90s that are simply too much. And well, in Vegas, everybody's got to watch everybody else. Since the players are looking to beat the casino, the dealers are watching the players. Chris Candy is watching the dealers and Rob Belushi is watching Chris Candy. And I am watching them. Ladies and gentlemen, it's so great to be back. We are talking... 1995's Casino, directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Nick Pileggi, starring Bobby De Niro, heard of him, Joe Pesci, Sharon Stone, an absolutely murderous bro, and Rob Belushi nominated this movie because it is one of the movies that simply, I think he maybe knows it better than Pileggi at this point as far as the script. Holy shit. It's great to see you guys. This movie is absolutely too much. How the fuck am I going to get your money now? You think he's going to give you fucking money? Are you out of your fucking mind? Look what you did to this fucking guy. You only uh, exist out here because of me. <laughs> I'm what matters out here. That's if the only reason. <laughs> oh, man. This this is too much movie. And, you know, I I, I had a couple thoughts. First first off, happy birthday to, to Chris's sister, Jen. Yeah, um, it's her birthday yeah. today. Happy birthday, Ooh. Jan. The movies, the movies, there's two, two things about the movie quickly that I want to talk about. One is the Saul, the, I think it was Saul Bass's last credit sequence yes. with the car blowing up and him falling through. And it's very clear. And it only struck me on this. I've seen this movie probably a hundred times that it, I've always said, Oh, that's vertigo. Right. Like the yeah. man falling, like the dream of vertigo. And I, and I'm stupid, of course. I don't give a fuck about jail. That's my business. <laughs> but it's very clear what they're saying to me now is that much of this story and the downfall and drama of this story hinges on a man projecting a fantasy onto a woman. Yes. Uh, through Ginger. And that became very clear in the, cre- in the beautiful credit sequence to me. And the other thing is that this movie is just a rig like everyone's like what do you like goodfellas or casino which one's better and it always strikes me every time i watch casino that it's Mm. better than i remembered it it is a rich and magical tapestry yeah and uh it's it's about three people and it's about vegas and the mafia and it's the camera is always moving and Vegas is always moving. It's about it's about not falling behind because once you're behind in Vegas, you're dead. And to me, like the camera moves di- dictate, the character moves, which dictate every Vegas story, which is the longer you stay, the longer you lose. And that's what happened to these characters. And 
I couldn't, you know, when they're introducing the idea of Vegas all to get your money, there's a shot that goes from a, you know, a craps gate, a blackjack table to a craps gate and then over a roulette wheel. And they time it so that the ball drops into the number right as the camera passes over. And I just couldn't believe <laughs> at what a magic trick that choreography was. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that that's my opening the, uh, on a movie that's always better than you remember. It is the use of color and music and camera and the costumes. My God, I could make a case that this is the best costume film ever made. Yeah. You know, uh, Chris, what do you, what's your, what was your first takeaway? I, I think this movie is in like, this is like in the the top five desert, you know, taking this one with me if I had to go somewhere forever and could only bring five movies. It's yes. a perfect film for me. It, 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 it dominates all the other Scorsese movies for me. I totally understand why the other ones are great. It's a close call for a lot of people, but Casino just you know, offers a lot more for me personally. Visually, the most stunning, um, the lighting, how it's, you know, I think it's front lit. And so it's a super bright um, uh, take on Las Vegas. It's very clear. Yeah, exactly. The editing of this movie is just so slick, like Scorsese movies always have. Um, But again, it is this movie that is just plot driven and character driven um, at the same time. And um, you could just, these characters are so strong um, and you just, you know, you remember them, you remember the quotes. And um, what I love about this movie too is uh, I, there's parts of it I just enjoy living in, you know, and, and, and yeah. I always talk about this on this podcast about how movies I love really take me away. But, but Casino, I just kind of want to live in that early when everything's going great. Yeah. Fit, oh, where yeah. I want to hit. You know, or I want to hang out at the Kansas City grocery store, you know, and uh, have a have espresso with Martin Scorsese's mom, you know, like and and then it it does the thing that a great movie does is it makes me feel real feelings when things start going south. And like when shit is bad in this movie, it's like you're watching, you know, a woman who's been just chewed up in life just get spit out and and um, how she's reacting. And you're seeing. Um, just the the fallings of of man in this thing and and greed overtaking people and and all of these things. So it's got it's got a very um, classic storytelling arc to it. But like I said, there is just I want to live. You know, I, I say this about a lot of Vegas movies. Casino is one of them. Swingers is another one that I think is kind of a Vegas movie. It, it makes me want to go to Vegas, and then the minute yes. I get to Vegas, I'm like. This is nothing like the movie. <laughs> uh, not me. I'm like, I want to stay here forever. Like, I'll, go, I'll go have breakfast at the pep. I just went to Vegas last weekend. I thought we were going to record this. I could see the Golden Steer restaurant out my window, which is where the real Anthony Spilatro would eat, which is down the way from the Gold Rush, where his jewelry store was. I went to breakfast at the Pepper Mill, which is where... You know, that first shot of Ginger looking yeah. up at the fire behind her. That's in the fireside lounge at the Pepper Mill, a long old diner. I did a show at an old, def- like, defunct VFA that turned into an improv theater, which is where they shot the Remo Gaggi stuff back home. Oh, my God. Cards, yeah. That, that floor. I-, I played a show in there. Um, it- it- I love it. I want to stay forever, and and I can you know, smell those old times like on Fremont Street. And the, the Fremont is still there. 
Well, the Fremont is 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 the closest thing you get to that. I think like um, it's it's got that old school flavor. It's the closest DNA I think to um, Casino, the movie. You know, and and your opening shot is the Golden Nugget, the Nugget, um, and that that is Fremont Street. It's the opening kind of yeah. Vegas strip shot you see in Casino, but. Um, yeah, I could stay there a bit longer. I think I just, you know, in real life Vegas, I hit like a maximum like uh, humanity point where I see like the 500th person with a giant margarita strapped around their like neck that's like in the shape of a guitar and they're like walking yeah. around and it, it's just enough of, you know, humanities. Rob, what I'm saying is I'm going to Vegas with you next time. We're having on. <laughs> Listen, I, I, my first big job for Second City was in the resident company in Vegas at the Flamingo. And yeah, it was like I was two weeks sober and oh. like all those drinks, Margaritaville. It, 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 it's the worst block in all of Vegas. It's hell. Yeah. So now when I go, I like I go on one side or the other, you know, and totally it's much better for me. But um, God darn it. Uh, yes you know the best i had i had my bachelor party and like people were like where I, I got married and people were like where are you having your bachelor party and i was like what <laughs> <laughs> and they're like you're doing vegas you're really that guy i'm like is there anyone more that guy than me <laughs> i am that guy sober bp in vegas baby it, it, it's the best. i love it yeah, well, the movie, but... the movie, I think what I was getting at is that <laughs> it encapsulates Sorry, this. I just this... can't get over. I am that guy. That's almost the yeah. line of this movie. It's so good. Wait, you look at my face and you want to punch it. <laughs> like that guy's having his bachelor party in Vegas. And uh, the, 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 a great, and not to, not to sell other podcasts in this room, but a, a great, Partner pod to this episode is Mobbed Up, which is the story that is essentially Casino with Frank Culotta, who is like the 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 rat who sold out Spilatro and the real ace and all that. It's like a backdoor look in the fall of Vegas. It's a really great podcast. My stepdad and I listened to it together and it was really fun. So if, if you like if you like casino guys and, and gals and days, jump into Mobbed Up for, for the, the non-fiction cool. version. I interrupted you, Chris. I'm sorry. No, you said it all. I just think that this movie makes me want to go to Las Vegas. And then when I go to Vegas, I just get like bummed out by humanity. But I want to go with you is what I'm saying. Um, yes. It's a beautiful film. And and again, like I just I always I just want to live in it. So, yeah, it's one of my top fives. It, it, it is. Wow. Uh, it's the best. Um, and uh, I, I will. I've seen it over like 500 times. I don't know. It's just, I remember the first time I saw it and, and maybe I'll get into sharing that, but I just remember um, it was so intense for the older people that were watching it with me, uh, my mom and and a few other people. And they were going, geez, Louise, this is intense. <laughs> you know? And, and so um, it's a great film. Well, and I love that you say Goodfellas or, or Casino. I, I, it's always hard after I watch one, I'm like, that one's my favorite, but Casino is the best version of the movie. The only thing it's missing is Ray Liotta, right? Like, yeah, and Lorraine Rocco to some degree, but like, it is my favorite Pesci. It is the most realized and like surgically 
uh, sharp Pesci performance for me where he gets to do everything. It's I love everything. The De Niro of it all. Pancakes for his and, son. Pancakes for I his son. That. Sidestepping into, hey, I'd like to show you my car. <laughs> With the, like a, yeah. Yeah. a dancer. It's like, Milk they got the, deal. you can pound it for a month. For a month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's well, but casinos got a um, it's the it's the it's the balance. I think that Goodfellas is a perfect film as well. It's just it it lives in the mob world, which you expect. It's the unexpected element of Las Vegas, which is is what I think I find like palatable. Um, and a sidebar: they were going to do a, a SCTV documentary, and Scorsese was going to direct it. I think they're still Whoa. doing it, and 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 I got to meet him, but. One of his Whoa. writing, one of his writing assistants, um, was in an elevator with me, and we were talking, and he asks the question too. So, which one's your favorite, Casino or Goodfellas? <laughs> and I said, I'm a Casino guy, and he said, Really, you're a Casino guy? And he brought up the same kind of points and said, Yeah, and I, I said exactly what I was saying, and I, I, I got to shake Scorsese's hand, um, oh. and I just said to him. Um, my name's Chris Candy. I just really want to say uh, I appreciate everything you're doing here. And he went, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> and then he just had fun. <laughs> he give a shit. Uh, but but hopefully that hopefully he's a big SCTV fan, from what I understand. He um, he lo- he. I think SCTV has the most Martin Scorsese satire sketches out of any other sketch comedy show. They would always kind of riff on him, and he loved it. And, and I, as I was driving over to do the pod today, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about optimized thinkers. And Scorsese is so good at storytelling that he fits in little funny sketches into his movies. You know, oh, it's like 100%. He, he, he like like and, and I'll get into all of that later. But anyways, that's my take. Um, that's my name drop for the episode. This is what I got. I love this movie. Jeez, I love it, too. I'm a casino guy too, Chris. I'm glad to hear it. It's it's like Goodfellas is the allure of the life and the downfall of the life. And then Casino pushes it, it into this magical, like I, I'm going to say it again, because this was what I kept coming to on this rewatch, a magical tapestry. Like it yes. pushes it into a realm that is beyond the streets, beyond the crime, you know, and beyond the, the 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 basics of scores and hustlers and just into this like world of demigods. And then of course it's not beyond the crime because the mm-hmm. agents get you in the end. But uh it it's so vivid and just every and you and you're talking about how it's lit. Like I kept writing the cigarette smoke key light over and over <laughs> on this. Like he he lights the cig so hard and it's so harsh. I love that that blown yeah, they out did. light he puts in so much. They overhead light it. I, I can't remember exactly what and maybe one of you guys could speak to it more, but it was a different lighting technique than other Scorsese films, and it was intentional. But it's in that way. But it's it's front loaded because then what happens is it creates a okay. It, it's like a front of the scene is lit, and then what happens? It almost creates like a. a a vacuum in the middle ground so then in the background the okay. other lights pop so it's like you'll you see stuff through yes. the, this front light and then there's like nothing and then the back right. light is creating this three-dimensional space it's really fascinating yeah it's a okay. it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful beautiful design 
I'm going to go back to tag on one thing, which is like, not only was I thinking about Vertigo with the opening credits, I was thinking all about Mad Men. I was watching it and I was like, oh, Mad Men have watched a few Scorsese movies, haven't they? A few Hitchcock movies. Sure. They, oh, were yeah. right, they were right yeah. into that. It's like that downfall of man who has fantasies about women fitting into a certain thing, continues to go along, hubris ruins him or does it. Um, good, good, good pick up there. But I want to go back because speaking of lovely sisters and birthdays, my sister doesn't really like gangster movies. She likes thrillers and stuff like that. But she loved Casino. Like when we were younger, mm. she watched it and watched it multiple times. And like people like that was her Scorsese movie. And I remember that from way back. And so when I watch this now, I have this like fondness of like, why does my sister, why is this the movie? And it's just that entanglement of this incredibly powerful, I guess, female character that is angry yes. in the middle of this thing and her amazing, incredible ambivalent story because she's on top of the world and 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 she's such an engine for everything that happens in the movie for a large part of it and getting wedged between these two characters and it's just yeah it's absolutely sensational and so that's a big part of it for me the other part of it is from a just a pure 1995 standpoint robert de niro rolls out of this movie as ace you know a guy who steps out behind his desk not wearing pants just having his socks with his little sock holders and 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 his beautiful shoes and walks over and puts his trousers on that are hanging up pristine in the cupboard because he wants them to be perfect not ruined by him sitting down at his chair and he rolls out of this into heat yeah the timing how i mean he's doing heat pre-production on weekends and filming this movie that's what? It just shows, so like, he's such an in-tune actor. I mean, we actually, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about De Niro a ton, but I've, you know, I've heard commentary on De Niro, how he comes across as kind of hollow, um, you know, as a, as a kind of a quiet person. But I think that he is an actor who is so in tune on what he can give that there, he just knows where to turn it up and turn it down in regards to what he gives because there is a similarity to me between the two characters he just is adjusting a few little things within his his body his craft and if, if it's not that he's a little more colorful or or uh, is full of ego there's still this very strong de niro character that's going on and the same thing for pesci i think pesci does the same thing these guys just know who they are um and 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 when they're out in the real world they're just chilling but the because pesci, they know but- what they give with the Pesci, like, this is why I think Pesci's so underrated. Like, the Pesci in this, and then you watch him in The Irishman, you're like, Night and day. who the yeah. fuck is this guy? Like, he's so and, well, then you watch him. He's amazing. You watch, him in my, you watch him in My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. And you go, oh, you know, he he's just so capable of being that well, guy, being Joe Pesci. Or Leo Gets. Okay. Leo Gets. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, 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 okay. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> It feels like so much. I mean, first of all, off your sister and the the ginger stuff. It it's so amazing that you go from my greatest joy is watching Ginger work a room and her at peace in a whole room full of the the best people in Las Vegas, and she seems a little lonely. And the yeah. way it ends with her is alone in that hotel room. Uh, yeah, to me, that way. is the most arresting sequence in the whole movie is her in that hallway you know 
dying and dying alone, like being not not just wedged between two characters, but but trying to be controlled by two very powerful men and being turned into hamburger while trying to survive herself. Yeah. She's, she was no angel, but but very and, and one of the things about this story is the you know you were talking about the voiceover of uh lester diamond coming uh, in at the wedding with, that's with, with, let's that's i'm gonna kill one of my favorite moments just to recap we were talking about it off air i had my headphones on watching casino during the week and there's the wedding scene ace's wedding and you know if you've got great digital surround sound at home fantastic sometimes you can do it with great headphones i'm wearing them right now and when Lester's voiceover comes in in that scene and he is talking to Sharon Stone, yeah. it is one of the most chilling transitions for a movie that might be the king of narrated movies. The fact that Lester becomes your narration and your orientation for that scene, completely just chilling. One of the most chilling turns, I think, of any movie. Like you go from exultant joy to like perverse manipulation in one mm -hmm. second he's in your head with yes. her he's yes. inside your brain i'm looking at you right now i'm seeing you for the very first time right this minute like it's it's crazy and like all the voiceover is amazing but you see it with that as as a great example and then the fact that nikki's voiceover is in there and ace's voice is over in there like the voiceover is wrestling for control of the story yes. you know just like legit gambling and gangsterism is wrestling for control of vegas just like nikki and ace are wrestling over control of their own lives and ginger and you know their own hubris the idea of wrestling for control is throughout the whole film and i, and I just i loved it and then off the pesci of it all like uh de niro is so internal and like he takes a calculating odds maker and drives all of his emotion internal and it. And so when it comes out, it's it's in a fresh new way. It, he reminds me with the suits, the costume stuff is really like pl his plumage, mm. you know, his- Yeah, like a bird, yeah. yeah. Yeah, his arrogance and his walk is like, I feel like he has like a small uh, piece of Rupert Pupkin still attached, you know, a very <laughs> underplayed piece, like a bird-like thing going on. And then Pesci, it seems like, is improvising in some of this. I mean, when he's like, you know, you're a lion, lowlife, motherfucking gambling, degenerate <laughs> prick, you know, that's what you are. Like all of his add-ons, like, I don't know if Pelleggi wrote it all, but you took your boots off, you put your feet on the table, you shit-kicking, stinky horseman who are smelling motherfucker, you fuck me up over there, I'll stick you in a hole in the fucking desert. You know I mean? It's like so many words. I just yeah. don't know how you write them all in a script, uh, but... I love this movie. I, it's, it's two like, of the best uses of 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 music in any Scorsese movie, and that is high competition. One is Devo describing the isolation downfall of their relationship in the eighties yeah. with Whip It and I Can't Get No Satisfaction, and then House of the Rising Sun. House of the Rising as Sun. Everything is dying. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, That's and the in, shit. In Ginger's death, yeah. I think um, it starts with a Louis Prima song. Oh, Marie. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, the <laughs> opening of it. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah. Great, great score. So before we dive oh. into our favorite scenes, 
before we dive into our favorite quotes, before we dive into our favorite characters and the new 2023 permanent edition of one Chris Candy and one Rob Belushi performing a scene from Casino. Rob, do you want to introduce the cool next little segment and then we'll take a break and introduce it uh, uh, actually, but we have a very, very special guest coming to Too Much Movie. Would you like to introduce that segment before we take a break? Look, yeah, uh, my mom and stepdad are from Berwyn, which is, you know, kind of the, the birthplace of all this type of behavior. And, and my stepdad, Tom, um, you know, he had one foot in this life for a long time before before he made some changes. And I, I loved him to death. And he, uh, it was a long time ago and it was a different person, but it, it's the rich and magical tapestry of his life. And he jumped, he, he was kind enough to jump on and talk to us a little bit about the time, Spilatro and uh, his experiences as much as he could. Because he's so, going to teach he, us a very valuable lesson. So we're going to take a break going to hear that chat learn the most valuable lesson and then we're going to come back to our favorite scenes mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, folks, there is something that we're doing very special in this Too Much Movie episode, which is we're talking about the family, right? We're talking about family connections. And Rob Belushi, you have a very special family connection to Casino, apart from loving this movie dearly. Do you want to introduce our special guest to Too Much Movie this month? Absolutely. Um, look, uh my i want to introduce everyone to my stepdad tom he is uh, a wonderful husband a father an amazing stepfather and an amazing grandfather he's also uh, grew up at a time and in the environs that a lot of the real characters casino was based on uh, were in his universe of concern he experienced the time uh, that casino was made you know, personally himself and uh, had, you know, some connect. First of all, Tom and I, every time we come home, we watch The Irishman together. <laughs> and every time we're texting each other, it's always a Goodfellas or Casino text. So he's a big fan of the movie. And I just thought he could share some light on some of the characters and maybe share a little of his own story very generally. And uh, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Your voice so Tom, is just you... magic, Tom. I just want to start there. As an Aussie, <laughs> you just get thanks to great to be here. I'm like, yes, this is going to be good. I can't wait. Yeah, I Tom, don't hear um... it, but everybody does that too. So 
it is guys it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> tom you uh you you were kind of coming like uh casino takes place in the in the late 70s and kind of comes to fruition uh or like the it kind of ends in the early 80s and you were coming up in that time in chicago now in casino they say back home is in kansas city but wouldn't you say back home is really chicago well it was chicago but i think chicago was having a lot of trouble so a lot of things were going through kansas city you know okay. kansas city kansas city was you know in the movie they used kansas city i'm sure there was stuff that went through chicago <laughs> Trust me, you know, not everything they're doing there is <laughs> to the T. Right, right, right. Yeah. And Kansas yeah. City was probably like a safe, uh, out-of-the-way spot away from the agents a little bit. It's where you went to hide. <laughs> Perfect. <guess>. It, was, <laughs> it was. You know, there was just, you know, New York, Chicago. It's, uh, it's you're in, the, you're in the limelight. Go to Kansas City. It's a little town. Right, right. right. And that's what that was about. And just keep your head I down. Love it. Keep your head keep your head down. All you have to deal with is local police. As long as you're not drawing attention to yourself, you're fine. That makes it. sense. Yeah, of course. And the movie starts with him getting into a car. What what did what did you tell me about the the, the car? The Brits? The other yeah. other came? Yeah. yeah. He was driving my car. <laughs> no, I, I, I had a car just like that, but I never knew that it had that plate underneath the passenger side. Wow. Not that I had to worry about it, you know? <laughs> what color was it? You said you had you had it in one color or? I had a silver one and then I had a, a navy, almost black one at one time. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a dope that's, ride, Tom. That's the one. That's the one they follow me around in. So <laughs> that's, that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so Tom, your your family started in the restaurants, right? And it, and tell me a little bit about uh about your family. You know, your dad had a restaurant, and it kind of changed over time as as the culture in Chicago changed as well, right? Where Where are you from again? You're from. Uh, where did I grow up in? Berwyn. Yeah, just right. It was Berwyn, Cicero, you know, it was the same thing at that time. You know, right. and it was actually, my family was in the fruits and vegetables. So my father took over the family business there. My uncle went the other way. So mm -hmm. my uncle was, a, he was one of the guys, okay? And he, uh, there's many things I didn't know what he did, you know? He was, uh, he worked for a cement company. Hello. You know, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, really? Okay. Well, I didn't know better. And then, uh, he took over a place. It was a, a restaurant in the sixties in the seventies. It became like, a cause it had a little stage, like a jazz club. Mm. And then they threw a couple of go-go girls in there. And then eventually they got rid of all that. And, uh, became a, well, a nightclub, <laughs> you know, so. This is right. Uh, this nightclub and restaurant that's in Vegas at this time. No, this is right. Oh, in, oh, outside. Back in Chicago, outside Chicago. Okay, cool. Sorry. I, I just was orienting myself. Yeah, correct. 
Great. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah. Ber- Berwin is, uh, was a very, like, you know, uh, uh, what's it? Al Capone was in Cicero and then yes. Berwin was, is like a couple town, a next town over and very Italian and, and the Western suburbs of Chicago, Southwestern suburbs, uh, you know, were a nice place to raise a family if you were Copland, but not the cops, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Um, and right. My mom and Tom grew up together there and uh, they met many, Tom lived his life, uh, lived a rich and magical tapestry of a life. And my mother, you know, got with my father and that went the way it did. And then at their 25th reunion, they met back up high school reunion and Tom, you know, shot his shot with my mom who was like you know one of the prettiest girls in the high school and you know he swished it and uh they've been together ever since <laughs> all over, right uh, that's over 20 right. years yeah but they both grew up in berwin and and uh so tom um tell me a little bit you just a little bit about you and then we'll get into like the broader area and then we'll let you go but um you uh you started what was your first job my first job, I was in uh, landscaping. Then I went into retail clothing for a while. I was trying to stay away from family stuff. And then uh, I left the retail business and I uh, went and worked part-time at the club. So wow, I, was work- I was working, you know, like Monday through Thursday over there. And on the weekends I was working, uh, I was doing live music. I was a sound man for some bands in the city here. And uh, uh, that's how I got involved there, you know, so. You started, you you had a a small, you're working part-time in the family business and there's no such thing as part-time in the family business. Now when you got the, now when you got the last (laughs) thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Those four, those five letters, boy, they just, (laughs) if they go, you go, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So did you, you, you grew up around a lot of the real guys and you were uh, kind of like a, like a Henry Hill, like you started and then you, you got like Blake saying a little bit deeper, deeper into all arenas of the family business. And did you, did you know, uh, Ant- Nicky Santoro in the movie is based on Anthony Spilatro. Did, did you know of him growing up? Was he a well-known guy to you? All I knew at that time, because I've learned as much as you guys have through the movie. At that time, I didn't even know these things. Yeah. It's yeah. You know, crazy. All I know was it was Anthony that called my uncle to tell him to take credit cards. You know, at the club. At the club. Because, you know, before that, you know, there was, it was a cash business. Right. You know, you know and there was a, uh, I was reading through my paperwork last night. <laughs> there was 43 clubs from Calumet City up to Stone Park. Oh. We were the last one. We were the last ones to take uh, the cards. All right, and mm. it, was, it was it was it was Operation Safe Bet. That was the name of it at the time. So that, that was know, the, that, F- that the name of the FBI operation. You're saying? Yeah, out of Washington. So okay, that's what was going on. You know, that's what was going on here. So you're talking, this is 80s. So, you know, these guys here, they, they lost control already. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of controlling Anthony. He should have never, you know, been able to do what he did. You know, and then it was it was just a mess here. It was a mess. Yeah. Right. There was no you know. It wasn't organized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially because as you said with you were talking about Kansas earlier as a place to hide, like with Vegas. Vegas is is his own thing. Like that's the so what's so great about this film is like it it shows you the full ecosystem of Vegas at that time. And it's really trying to do a cross section of like almost a decade of like how a town goes from one thing to another thing and how different power structures come in. And then you get this, you get these guys out there. And as long as the, you know, in the, the way the movie portrays it, as long as the suitcases and the briefcases still come back with the money and we're getting paid, it's okay over there. It's fine. Like it, there's stability in the system, but it just was so far gone by the time that they even realized there was a problem. Well, that's, that's, you know, Vegas was created to be that way. Yes. And it should always, it should always stay that way. You yeah. know, it's, uh, people get stupid, you know, um, to show you by the actions that these guys did, you know, you know, in the movie, Nikki gets greedy, yeah. you know, come on. They had, they had plenty, yeah. you know, uh, as smart as, uh, De Niro was in his character, you know, he made a couple mistakes and, you know, he, yeah, don't marry a working girl, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what else? <laughs> you and, know, and what uh, else? You got it. The guys who are juiced in, you got to st- let stay in, right? You have to, you know, you, you know, that's, that's just the way it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They caused so many problems. Well, I would always heard from people, you know, I've done some work in Vegas over the years and talked to some people who lived there during that era um, in the 70s and the 80s. And they liked when, like, the family was kind of running things there. Uh, they felt like it was a more, a cleaner city is really the phrase I heard. Um, but could you speak on kind of maybe your perspective? I don't know if you traveled to Vegas during that time or just seeing it from that era to where it is now obviously you know they kind of comment on the movie but what your perspective is on that well i think de niro summed it up you know what everybody knew everybody it was you know it was a friendly environment this guy knew this guy this guy knew that guy all right and you know and it's just now it's not it's you know oh, yeah lot, of course that perspective you know and you know, you can go back to <laughs> you can go back to modern day era, guys. Here in Chicago, if these guys were still around, we wouldn't have the crime we have. <laughs> That's my belief. <laughs> yeah, because they, but they. They wouldn't get a like, well, that's the whole point. Like everyone knew everyone. Everyone had those relationships. Everything could be swept under the rug or you had one big powerhouse at the center that was like, this has got to right. stop. And you could leverage it. To, to your point though, Tom is like, I know a little bit about your story and like there were times that were fantastic, unbelievable. And then there were times that were kind of uh, a dark struggle and it all kind of revolves around what you're saying is that once drugs and those and credit and tech technological scams like credit cards came in, everyone kind of became disorganized and you know they couldn't run stuff right anymore what do you think about that we tell would you mind telling us like when things were great mm. what you enjoyed you know as generally as you want 
And then when things weren't so good and you had to make a decision about, you know, your life came kind of at a, at a pivot point. Well, drugs is definitely, I think the main factor in it all, you know I mean? You know, you could, you, you could probably work around the credit card thing, but you know, drugs, people are doing the drugs man. and that's just, you know, they, they lose their sense. You know, they don't have any outlook. They're spending money in places they shouldn't, which means, you know, they're, they're just being stupid. You know, you're bringing uh, exposure where you don't need it, you know? Right. You know, when I got, you know, when I first went to the club, things were great. I, you know, I mean, there was other stuff going on, but I didn't know it. I mean, I was flying back and forth to Mexico and <laughs> having a great time, man. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, you know, we, you know, we had them, you know, at the club here, we had a, there was a magazine that was out. It was called Nightlife in Chicago. It was, uh, it was around, and you see it at all the clubs, and it would tell you who was playing, where, entertaining, and stuff like that. Well, when I went down there, that's what we were. I was working at. It was called Nightlife in Mexico, and. I'll show you, Rob. I pulled it out. I never showed you this, but you know, my uncle was editor in chief. You know, <laughs> we were we were starting to get this together, you know. And I thought, you know, because I kept telling him, you know what, enough of this. Let's go legit, you know. But it was uh, obviously too late, you know. Well, but, weren't you getting picked up uh, at the airport by the Federales? <laughs> every time. Yeah. Right. right the... the... Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Picked me up, took me to my hotel, you know. I went to these, you know, wow. these, they call them hot dog hamburger parties. These people were loaded, loaded. I mean, it was crazy, you know. It was, yeah, I, I, I could walk around, sign my thing, and then we had a, let's see, we had a little called Club Midnight. We opened up a disco there. That was nice. I'd walk in, my table be set with my name and my vodka and all that. And then I'd go. Uh, we had like two. We had two speedboats. You guys ever been to Acapulco? You ever been to Acapulco? No. No. Uh, if you look in Acapulco, in the bay, way out there is a big rock. During the time I was there, it said on it. <laughs> the influence. He had down there it was wow. incredible. yeah so and so you know look uh i'll let you go i mean i i want you to if if you have a favorite part of the movie i i want it i want you to end with that but um you know these the movie's about real guys real things happening they've been fictionalized by the script and everything but there there was tremendous cost to real people that these movies kind of talk about and I know we we get to experience some of the loss and cost in casino in the movie, but you know you made it out, uh, and you you changed your life around, and and now you're you're the best man I know, and I trust you with my kids and and my life. I I, I love you so much, and you had to make a choice, right? Like all these movies end with Henry Hill losing everything and Nikki watching his brother in a cornfield. That happened too, right? The the Spalacho brothers in the cornfield. Oh, yes, that happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the reason why they were put there. 
Why? Well, what's your take? You guys watched the movie. All right. Who do you think tried to hit De Niro? Nikki. You think? Yeah. It was Nikki. All right. So that was the last straw. They said, you know what? Because, you know, they didn't want him gone. He was an earner. You know? Yeah. You don't get rid of a guy that yeah. 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 That happened. I mean, yeah, there's great times. I mean, I think in my personal life, my toughest thing was, is, you know, I, uh, I left a seven month old son out there. (laughs) So like, but you know, it gave me reason, you know, to go there and I came out with one thing in mind and turn things around. And that's what I did. You know, it's, yeah. There was, you know, there was stuff still going on here. They they knew I was a small part of this, so they never bothered me. But they called my, you know, they called my brother back to Chicago and wanted to talk about people. You know, you don't. When you make a decision, you make a decision. You don't be a rat. Yeah. <laughs> you walk. Ah. Bottom line. You walk. <laughs> you, you, you did it to your time. I think... Uh, Nikki said it in the movie. I'm not afraid of jail. <laughs> you know? That's my business. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. And I might just be so stupid that I'll come out here and I'll crack your head again after I get out of jail. Just I'm as you get out of your coma. <laughs> you know you're involved. So if you know what happens, it happens. You know, you got to deal with it. Everybody deals with it differently, I guess. You know. Some people that some people go to college and they keep their mouth shut and they get the chance to turn their lives around. So, I mean, there was you know there were people there when I was in there that just didn't want to change. I'm sure they came back out and did the same shit, man. It's like I had boy, you know, I guess because I had a son now, which was three years old, uh, I had a real, real, real good reason. You know, yeah, to make it right, to make it right. Yeah, sure, but you know, not everyone makes that choice, Tom. So uh, you made the right choice, and it brought you into my life one way or the other. And I'm, I'm, you're nobody works harder and has a kinder heart than you. So I'm glad that you had some times in your life for you to remember when you're taking a nap next to my mom, busting your balls. You know, <laughs> Tom and I have this. We, we I sent you know when the. Nikki and, and Frank are outside lip reading. Yes. You know, covering love their that. mouths because of the love lip reader. That scene. I was I would say that's me and uh me and Tom talking about my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Is she watching? Is she watching? Tom, yeah, what's she doing? What time do you tell her we'd be home? <laughs> hey uh Tom, what's your what's your favorite part of the movie? Is there anything else you want to talk uh, say about you know your experience with the, the life or, or or do you have a favorite part of the movie or Anything else you want to tell us before before we say thank you? No, I think we covered it. Um, I'm sure you guys know it wasn't uh, the Tangiers, right? Yes. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm sure that's not, that's, a, that's a hidden fact. You know I mean, because yeah. you because know, if it was, my family kept going to the Stardust. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had shirts and shirts and stuff that kept coming home and towels. So. <laughs> All that star does now. So, but um, I don't know. We probably covered, you know, quite a bit of everything. And you, you do know Philip Green really wasn't just a straight up guy. He was part of the 
family. Oh, he was? I didn't know that. Alan Glick was his name. Ah. Ah. Yeah. So he wasn't just yeah. a pat he wasn't just a patsy as the movie is is saying he's like or, or like some some dummy who's squeaky clean. Yeah, look yeah, look it up. He's <laughs> he was one of their guys, but they just you gotta have guys that really aren't guys because you gotta use them in that capacity. Yes. Right, you know? right. You know, and, and is was Andy Stone, is that supposed to be Hoffa? I'm not sure. I was trying to figure that out last night again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know because you know, depending on the time period. Yes. Now, you know, when when was Hoffa? He was gone in what, 75? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is uh, this is 80, this is early 80, 80, 81, too, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I don't know who was, you know, running the Teamsters at that time, you know. Gotcha. So, no. It would have been Hoff, and Hoff would have never put himself out and, and no, yeah, in the middle with that because you know from watching the Irishman, you know Hoff didn't really get along very well with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get along with them, you know. So, but this has been fun. Hey man, <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us. This is amazing. <laughs> thanks Thank for coming so on, Tom. Tom, thank you so much. This is so great. And uh, yeah, whenever we get to have a personal connection with what we're talking about, it's even more amazing. And this is great. Yeah. And thank you we, so much. The big lesson. Don't be a rat. Don't be a rat. <laughs> Never talk. Don't be a rat. Don't be a rat. Don't be a rat. And the simplest so, thing. I'll tell you what. So I good. Know- I know Tom, Tom and I, I think Tom decided that I was going to be okay when he found out that uh, I got expelled from eighth grade, but they would have let me stay if I ratted out the guys I was smoking <laughs> weed with. And I didn't, I didn't rat and I got kicked out and Tom said, okay, he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right, kid. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. You've learned okay. an important lesson. Hey, Tom, I love you, man. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, guys. Take care, Thanks, Tom. Tom. All right, thank you, Tom. That was amazing. That was amazing. Uh, amazing. Don't be a rat, Rob. One of the greatest things. You made a choice. You don't rat him out. Fantastic. Love, love, love it. Um, gents, could you even try? Honestly, we did when we did JFK. I thought we had hit our almost zenith for too much movie, as far as like it is impossible to narrow down scenes and. I think Casino equally is stands up with JFK of like, I, this is the hardest assignment for me in the entire yeah. time we've done this to find two scenes that are my favorites. Honestly, I, I, I don't know. Like I've got like seven scenes written down. So do, do any of you gents want to say what your maybe favorite is? Cause I, I, I don't know if I can get that. <sighs> I mean, I'm going to just, I'll, I'll kick it off. Cause like, I, I I will just you know since you all know this is like one of my favorite movies of all time the yes. whole thing is 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 just uh, a personal fave but um, I'll give you two um, I think there is oh god it's so hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah so hard. I was thinking about it for like three days it's been freaking me out I'm gonna. 
Well, I'll give you an easy one, and maybe this will help for all of us. An easy one that I think is kind of back to what I was talking about with there being little sketches that throughout this thing is there. There isn't anything funnier when you have the um, the Martin Scorsese's mom in the uh, Italian grocery store. Mom, sorry, I'm all upset. I know, you, know, you, know, you know what they're doing to me. I, well, I can't take I this no more. Back and forth, back and forth. Take it easy. All right, all right. But Forget I, I, a heart attack you know, like I'm that. I'm too upset right now. And then it has to be put to this. And the damn thing is, they go and hear all this stuff about Las Vegas and the casinos and suitcases, well, and that's it. I have it. to start handling things the way I did years ago, start kicking in. Would you believe that such a thing could happen? And so he's talked, the one character is talking about how Artie Piscano is talking about how he's going to take down names and he's going to start keeping a book. Don't keep a book. He goes, these <laughs> motherfuckers. And, and, and Scorsese's mom is just, she's got the face of, oh my God. Right, that's, you know, that's, that's enough. That's enough. That's yeah, enough. Uh, yeah, that's, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I I I just that scene always brings me so much joy when I watch this thing because it just reminds me of, of the sense of humor that that the filmmaker has and um and and that that is really like just a reason why I love these things for there to be in a perfect scene I mean it's the it, the perfect scene in this movie is the desert fight scene where the fuck you get off talking to people about me behind my back going over my head? What people? What people would you think I wasn't going to find out? I don't even know what you're talking about, Nick. No? You said I'm bringing heat on you? I got to listen to people because of your fucking shit? You're ordering me out? You better get your own fucking army, pal. I didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't order you or anybody. I only told Andy Stone that you had a lot of heat on you and that was a problem. You want me to get out of my own fucking town? Yeah, I said, let, let the bullshit blow over for a while so I can run the casino. Anything goes wrong with the casino, it's my ass. It's not yours, it's my ass. Uh, I don't know whether you notice or not, but you only have your fucking casino because I made that possible. I... I'm what counts out here, not your fucking country clubs or your fucking TV shows. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? You know, I get calls from back home every fucking day. They think you went batshit. I'm only on TV because I got to be able to hang around the casino. You understand that. You're you know that. Your fucking ass. You could have had the food and beverage job without going on television. You wanted to go on TV. Yeah, I did want to go on TV. That way I have a forum. I can fight back. I'm known. People see me. They know they can't fuck around me like they could if I was an unknown. That's right. You're yeah. making a big fucking spectacle of yourself. Me? I wouldn't even be in this situation if it wasn't for you. You brought down so much fucking heat on me. I mean, every time I meet somebody here, the big question is, do I know you? Oh, sure. And now you want to bring your fucking license on me. No, is that it? Nikki, when you asked me if you could come out here, what did I tell you? Tell you. I mean, you asked me, and I knew you were going to come out no matter what I said, but what did I tell you? Do you remember what I told you? Back, back do you up, remember what I told you? Back up a fucking minute here. One minute. I asked you, when the fuck did I ever ask you if I could come out here? Get this through your head, you, never... you. Get this through your head, you Jew motherfucker, you. You only exist out here because of me. That's the only reason. Without me, you personally, every fucking wise guy still around, I'll take a piece of your fucking Jew ass. Then where are you gonna go? Your fucking warrant don't ever go over my fucking head again, you motherfucker, you. When he told yeah. me... When they do the phone calls, I, he told me to go out a little bit further. Yeah, 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 a little bit further down the road. And 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 De Niro's not sure if he's going to make it back alive from this meeting. And then yeah. you have the shot. I mean, it, this is the scene. You have the shot of the car peeling out in front of his sunglasses, the Castell mm -hmm. sunglasses. You see the dust. And then 
They have the fight. It's one of the best written fight scenes you've ever seen ever between two people. And then as he leaves, he zips away and then the dust just takes De Niro. I think that that is probably the perfect scene because it sums up the movie and their fight so perfectly. If you're looking at an A story, that 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 is that's the boiling point moment. He's he's buried in the desert. He's submerged by the yeah. uh, the landscape. In the exactly. Area. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's also what I love about you the dig the hole first. You dig the hole first. <laughs> the yeah, time. there's a lot of there's a lot of people buried out there, you know. And yeah, it's like I think that that's also what I like about Vegas, and I like about the movie is that it's this like little island out in the middle of the desert, and and it, you get that feeling because they do a good job of using the whole environment in that movie: the desert, the city, the restaurants, the shows. I mean, this movie's so fucking good. The fucking blueberry scene? The blueberry muffin oh, scene? God damn oh, it. the blueberry muffin scene is so good. How long can this go From on? now on, I want you to put an equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. You know how long that's going to take? I don't care how long it takes. Put an equal amount in each muffin. Look how many blueberries your muffin has versus my muffin. <laughs> I guess, I guess, uh, you know, to your point, and in, in your, in, uh, you can't pick, uh, uh, you can't pick a bad moment in this scene. I mean, in this movie, but, um, you know, you're such a, a sound guy, and you know, we were talking about voiceover before. Two things that struck me on this watch were, uh, in contradiction to the favorite scene I'm about to talk to, and that is when when the sound stops and one is at the end of the movie when nikki's voiceover is interrupted yes voiceover by the literal bat in like i don't know what you call it in the frame or like the, the yeah the actual story it's such as off-putting and the sticks i didn't want my brother to get fucked around i mean what's right is right they don't give a fuck about it. Ah! You think everything's going to be okay and like that when the sound stops there and then when Ace first sees Ginger, there's no sound. Yeah. Yeah. And it's particularly like everything's quiet for him. Of course, his first image of her is her blowing up a guy's fortune at the craps table, <laughs> you know, throwing the chips in the air, which also, should be us like a, a amazing scene. Post. Yeah, like don't go for her. He's in love. Make it real compared to what. But it come, what's so striking about the silence in that is my favorite scene, or the first favorite scene I want to talk about, which is just the opening. The whole breakdown of Vegas and yeah. the myth yeah. and the operation. And yeah. it's, it's all, the, it, it, it's the sounds, the looks, the 
feels, the system behind it, the, the corruption, yeah. the greed, the allure, the fun, you know, the hopes, the dreams, all before things even start, you know, it's, it gets me so, every time I watch that, I want to get in my car and drive. Yeah. Vegas, <laughs> you know, it does. It, that's me too. To a mythical and, place uh, that once existed. Yeah. And it's, it's such a great setup for a movie that's really just about three-ish relationships, but it puts you in the, the stakes of those relationships right away. I'm going to pick an off-kilter one. I told you my favorite one is that transition from the joy of Ace's wedding to, into Lester. An off-kilter one is where after one of the, I think it was you, Chris, you mentioned the, like the tag of phone calls. Um, mm -hmm. there's that one scene where Ace races home with Don Rickles's character, Billy Sherbert and Billy Sherbert. And they, and he bring a shotgun and they're there and they clear yeah. his daughter out of the house. That scene, that scene's a great was scene. particularly striking this time. Cause I was like, Oh, like it doesn't turn, but that's how quick life gets real in this world. Like that's how quick it gets real. It's like, okay, well we're dead. And he just goes home and he gets the shotgun and he's waiting. He's thinking that Nikki is going to come down on him in that, in that moment that he's going to get taken. Yeah. And, and, and it ends up cooling off and simmering ever so gently just before we, we hit the crescendo, but that I just love, love, love. Well, it, it, that's such a great one too, because one of my favorite, I mean, everything Nikki touches in this is, and Pesci touches his fucking solid fucking gold. I mean, <laughs> dripping with fucking gold. But like to, to Chris's point, my, my favorite scene, I think you might we might hear it later. But my favorite moment is when Ginger's at the Leaning Tower, the restaurant, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. under Nikki's kind of unofficial protection. <laughs> oh my God. And he gets yeah. on the phone. He's like, I'm coming there now. And, and Nikki tells his brother like, okay, he's coming here. And he walks in. He meets Ace at the door and Ace is at a 10. And he's like, hey, be fucking nice, calm, yep. be nice, <laughs> don't fuck up in here. And like that as the pedestal for the scene where he totally explodes on his wife in, the, in public in Nikki's restaurant after, like yeah. my, my, my vibes are going off the chain <laughs> in that moment. It's a fucking great moment. Yeah. yeah. Be nice, be nice. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I think to, to speak to both of those scenes too, like they do such a good job at like really like you oh God, I don't know. It's like you're watching two people getting ready to go to war with each other and they're yes. like getting they're 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 getting like they're getting their ducks in a row, they're getting their fucking guns cleaned. You know, it's like you just see like how much they're fucking getting at each other and like it's just you're watching it and it spells out the stakes so clearly. So I think being able to, you know, it's like fucking Pesci's fucking up, man. You know what I mean? Oh, He's sleeping with Ginger. And 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 oh I I just I I I also love the, I don't know. Yeah, there's so many good scenes when they're at the bank and the bank guys telling Ace. You you really must trust your wife. You know this is it's like <laughs> I love it's that like, bank guy. I love that bank guy. But also the other one is in the lead up, Chris, when he goes, "What'd you have for lunch?" Yeah, and she looks uh, at him and there's salad. a salad, and she goes, "Ah, uh, salad." 
What did Jennifer have? What did Jennifer have? Uh, she had the same. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. I'll call her. I, that is just. So, so Blake, oh. off, off what both you guys are saying, it, it's so great because a, a, a great moment comes right after that. And, and the lowest point for both Ace and Nikki are both surrounding Ginger. Yeah. And, and it, Ace's lowest point where, where they become aware that they are lost. And Ace, you know, tells her, I just hope it's not someone I think it might be. I hope it's mm-hmm. not that. Yeah. And the sadness in that moment, it's the same moment for Nikki later when after he throws her out of the leaning tower after she goes yeah. back. Uh, and he sits down on the fucking, oh. On the stairs with Frank, with Frank Vincent and, and he says, I fucked up, Frankie. I fucked, I fucked up, up good this time. I should have never started out with this broad. I'm in a bad fucking spot here. Bad bad fucking spot and like you just see they're both yeah. privately admitting defeat to themselves yeah yeah and w- wonderful and frankie says just take it easy, <laughs> yeah, just take it easy. <laughs> good one frankie all right guys let's uh let's take a quick break and then we're gonna jump into the scene let's not get to our quotes let's get to you guys performing a okay. classic scene from this movie Today, Ace Rothstein, uh, formerly essayed by Robert De Niro, will be essayed by Chris Candy. Hello, Ace. And Nikki, really the role, other than Joe Pesci, that Rob Pellucci was born to play. Um, Absolutely born to play. So we might start. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, all right, let's start that. What are you doing? He's a square guy, for Christ's sake. He can't treat him like that. He's going to run to the FBI. The FBI, that prick's been dodging me for three weeks. And what is it with you? All of a sudden, you're trying to tell me what to do all the time. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but you were out out of line, Nick. What are you trying to do? Where's your head? Where's my head? Where's your fucking balls? You know I'm trying to put something really big together out here. You know what I'm talking about. You know. If you're acting like this now, how can I depend on you? There's a lot of things going to change out here. And if you want to be there with me, Sammy, you're going to have to go my fucking way. Listen, Nick, you got to understand my situation. I'm responsible for a thousand people. I, I got a hundred million year going on through this place. It, it, it's all over. I'm going to tell you it's all over if I don't get that license. And believe me, if it goes bad for me, it's going to go bad for a lot of people. You understand? Yeah, forget about your fucking license. I plant my own flag out here. You ain't going to need a fucking license. You know... I don't know what it is, Sammy, but the more I talk to you, the more I feel like you just don't want to go along with me. Is that it? No, I don't want to come. You should say so. I don't want to come along with you. I'll be honest with you. All right, fine. I don't want to be involved with anything that you're talking about. Fine, fine, fine. Okay? I I just want to run a square joint. That's it. I just want my license. I want everything nice and quiet. That's it. Uh, you mean quiet like this? I'm the boss. That's quiet. That's all taken out of context, okay? Yeah, that's out of context, okay? I, I never, no control over that. Ronnie and Billy were right there. They're, they'll tell you exactly what happened. Yeah, well, back home they don't know about fucking control. That looks bad. Looks bad? I'm gonna tell you what looks bad. Yeah. 
Every time you're on television, I get mentioned. That looks bad. That looks bad. What the fuck happened to you? Will you tell me? What happened to me? What happened to you? Yeah. You you lost control. I lost control. No, no, that's you. Look at you. You're fucking walking around like John Barrymore. All fucking pink bathroom and a fucking uh, cigarette holder. I, I lost control. All right. You know, I didn't want to bring this up, but you have been treating a lot of people with a lot of disrespect, even your own wife. My wife? Yeah. Now you got to, now the, what does she have to do with all this? Well, she comes to me. She was upset about a lot of things, especially that whole fucking diamond, that Lester Diamond incident. All of a sudden, you're, you're the shoulder to cry on. Did you at least tell her about your little role with the whole situation? No, I didn't. What good would that do? That's not her, fu- <laughs> that's not the fucking point. The point is, is that she's upset. She's, and you got a fucking problem. I would appreciate it if you stay out of my personal life, okay? You wouldn't like it if I did that to you. Hey, she came to talk to me. Please. Okay? She came, Don't do she it. Came to me. talk to me. Okay. And and what was I supposed to do? Throw her out? Just, just, just stay away from her. It's none of your business, okay? That's certain things that you don't do. You just know you know that. It's none of my business. That's right. Yeah. A week ago, it was my business. Now it's none of my business. In other words, when you need me to take care of something for you, then you need me. Yeah, that's right. The way you need me to vouch for you just as a citizen and get you out of one of your jams, I'm going to have to straighten out like uh, you just did with this guy. This guy is going to run to the FBI. Your fucking head is getting bigger than your casino. That's your problem, pal. I knew he wanted. And I didn't want any part of it. Fucking walking around with a big head. You better check yourself. Nick, you wanted to take over. You wanted to go after Gaggy. Go after Skim, go after fucking everybody. <laughs> Plus, he had stopped asking permission from back home for every little thing. Gentlemen, that was absolutely fucking sensational. Oh, my God. A First time reading of, it. A highlight of my life. You guys, you clearly nailed it because there was barely a hiccup there. That that just shows evidence of your obsession of 200 watches Chris Candy and 100 from Rob. <laughs> you guys were just amazing. So good. Oh, oh sensational. Thank you. I oh. can't say it was good, but I can say it was fun. You know, I can. Chris, say it's you're good. great, of course. I can oh, say it's good. thank you. No, Rob, you're the one. I can God say it's good. God damn it! God damn it! You took your boots off. You put your feet on the fucking table. <laughs> so good. All right, uh, let's it. let's. Let's take a break and we'll go jump back into our favorite quotes. All right, guys, I think uh, just because we've done so many of our favorite quotes, I almost might blend quotes and characters because I, the characters are, sm- are a smaller subset. Like other than you'd almost have to pick characters who aren't, like Ace and who aren't um uh um and who aren't Nikki and who aren't Ginger because they're like you know yeah they're the, they're the characters. I'll just give one of my favorites mainly because of the stories that came out of the set. My favorite is Don Rickles. Um yeah because the stories of him, especially on Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, about like everyone had told him, oh, you know, De Niro's very serious. You can't joke around with him. You can't do this. And they do their first scene on the floor of the Tangiers when they're shooting. And 
he leans over to him and goes, oh, this is Don Rickles' impression of it. He goes, and he goes, Marty, I can't do this, Marty. This man is spitting in my face and mumbling. I can't do this. I'm a professional, Marty. I, I, I can't work like this. And De Niro lost it in the middle of the scene and just started howling, laughing. And then from then they were like the best of friends because he busted his balls on set. And then I heard another story recently from Quentin Tarantino that he went to visit Martin Scorsese on set at, in 95 filming Casino. And Don Rickles in the middle of that visit goes, Quentin, you're finally here. Someone who can knows how to make a film. Oh my God. Save us question. Save us. And Quentin's like dying and everyone's like howling and Scorsese and De Niro on the floor. And he's just like, it was the most like gratifying and also most embarrassing thing of all time. And I just love how inside Billy is Don Rickles' coiled spring of just like wanting to burst out, but he's so good at being just like this number two, very restrained, very quiet guy and having all this Vegas lore around him. I just love him because every time I watch him, I'm like, man, that fucking guy was in Vegas in the 60s, in the late 50s, you know, that he was around Sinatra, you know, this is yeah. a different time. And so I, I love him to pieces and I have a great fondness for him as a, a comedic legend. And I love watching him in this. He's movie. great. I, I saw, I mean, his, my favorite line of his is when he's catching the cheater at the cage and he's like, we'll go up and we'll count it in my office and bring some champagne, something real nice, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I saw Rickles at the Orleans before he passed away. It was oh. like a wonderful, my, a couple buddies and I went out and saw him and it was just a yeah, I saw him. like I saw that same show here in LA. It was at the Saban Theater in Beverly Hills. And oh, yeah, beautiful. him and Regis, was it the Regis Philbin one where Regis like interviewed him? No, How this special. was him doing his, his stand-up, like ripping the room and Lorna Luft opened for him, you know, and that was a strange and haunting experience. And it was just wow. like, great. It was very Vegas. Sensational. Yeah. I love him. Billy Sherbert. Billy Sherbert. What a name. The little guy, he's over here. He's, he's in. 10 deep you know, whatever it is, when he calls these on the phone. Yeah. I mean, dude. that's the best, the best, like how the fuck can you grin? Take this stiff, stick it up your sister's ass. You know, that whole run <laughs> that's is a- like the best run in the world. That's but, very um, Rickles. That's a very Rickles thing. Like yeah. going off the rails, just ripping him to shreds. Oh, you fucking smiling at me. Yeah. Rick- you Rickle. Yeah. His, um, there's also just something like very grounding about him because you want him to be the typical Don Rickles, but he's this very stoic kind of man in the room. And you know, he could just, I think that that's also what works with that character is, you know, he could just tear everybody to shreds with his words, but he's just this kind of quiet, stoic dude. Um, and yeah, he goes really well with, with, with De Niro. Um, but that, that this, this film is just filled with like, uh, who am I? LQ Jones playing Pat Webb. That yes. guy was great too. Like that whole. That's like, where you're going if it hair lips the government. <laughs> oh, like, he was. So I love that line too when he's like, "These people just don't understand these parts out here." You know who's really in charge? Like that. That part, and I always think about that because I'm like, the cowboys saying that in comparison to the native person that was there <laughs> first, but just how fucking full of shit everyone was back then. But. But it definitely proved like the dominance of like what was going on at that time and how what the the mob was really up against, and they were some really fucking tough fucking rednecks, you know. Well, that so was good. that's my stepdad's point. Like, you can't just 
stop being corrupt one moment. Like, yeah, you get the guys are juiced in. You got to leave juiced in. Exactly. And that made so much sense. They didn't see that. And that was such a great moment, too. And they're, you know, in uh, Ace's office and it's like he has a choice. He can make it really easy on himself, but he his that's the, ego that, gets in the way. That's the ego thing. I, I love that scene because it's like and that's the the difference to to Tom's point as well as like all you had to do is grease the wheels with that. Like find get him a job as the garbage man, Ace, you know, like you, room you, service, room service. I, yeah. Like just I, I pay him we, to shut up. And I really think, and maybe Robbie will get on this too, but like, even though like he just like, whatever is whack, James Wood is is, is just like perfectly oh cast in this character. I this mean, this is the best. I mean, it's it hurts me because that guy's such a piece of shit, but nobody is a better, sleazier Lester Diamond. Like his exit from that diner after, after yeah i just talked to him on the phone he's at home like a dumbbell (laughs) take her highness you know (laughs) and he's and he's rubbing coke on his teeth rubbing coke on his teeth before he's delivering that as well he's just like and it's the same when when she's getting married like oh don't you know i love you too you know and the woman naked woman is yeah you're right i mean dude lester diamond is the skeeziest pimp ever it's great he's amazing amazing he's amazing in it yeah are there any quotes left on the table before we wrap this up i have two to to so we don't have ginger erasure eraser erasure and that two from her which i think are hilarious and amazing the first one is um Gemini's the snake. You know, you can't trust the snake. I mean it. And then when she's talking to, to Nikki about, about Ace and the other one, she says when she's, she's after she smashed Ace's car and, and, you know, she comes in that leather, that beige leather jacket and uh, pants with her hair short in the eighties. She looks like a, a million dollars, even though she's in total, you know, cocaine psychosis. She's screaming at the cops. I've been in the same clothes for two days. I want to get a few of my things. Big deal. You know, <laughs> she's smashed oh, she's his car like three times. She's done it. But the other big deal line for Ginger, sorry, no Ginger erasure. My favorite one, she's chopping lines of Coke. Yeah. And she looks at Amy and she goes, shouldn't do this. And she's yeah. just no, does yeah. Coke next to her daughter. I'm like, 10 out of 10. Well, she doesn't rat. She does not rat. No. And and also that that's like that's the complexity of Ginger like that when she's like when they're talking Ginger's intro uh, to the film when she's tipping everyone out she knows how to handle everybody that really comes across as someone who just gets how this town works and really she's someone who was meant to be independent her entire life like mm-hmm. that's how a person like that thrives through life and survives like it's like she kind of knew it and the time frame of everything made it so that a person like that needed to bunk up with somebody. But Gingerman was, you know, in, in, in the alternate universe of this film, she's just this single rad tripper doing her thing. And she's like a boss. And that was what was kind of interesting about that, that character. Um, Cause she knew how to handle that town. And that was what was so attractive to Sam. I mean, to Ace, excuse me. Yeah. And, uh, she's 
dude, she, she's a, she, it, it's so funny because, you know, Diamond describes her as a little cult because she is a stallion galloping through Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And, and with all the angles and all the hustles and the status and, and the joy and the pleasure. And that, and that's in a great contradiction to one of my other favorite smaller characters, which is Remo Gadji, yeah. the boss back home. Who, you know, in the end, when they're talking about Andy Stone, he's like, the way I see it, why take a chance? And they kill this perfectly good dude who would have never rolled on him. He's like, yeah. he looks like a like fucking fat Nosferatu, you know, <laughs> losing at cards in basically somebody's basement. I mean, it's their like hangout bar or whatever, but it's just like such a shitty picture of leadership. And uh, he, he's, I love him. I love him. Gentlemen, this is unbelievable. It's so great to talk to you both. God, this has been super fun. Our scene was great. Our guest was great. Your uh, insights are boundless on this one. This is just great. This is sensational. In, in the end, Blake, all you're left with is 3,600 in mint condition coins. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're out. That once brought you to me I watched the heart. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.